What we do here is go back, 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 back. It does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where I came from. And so nobody thought any thought this movie was going to work, and it did. One of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. 10,000 No's is built on the premise that hearing stories of struggle from people who most of us would consider to be successful is a way for the rest of us to realize that we're not alone. If you've already subscribed on iTunes and you like what you hear, please share it with others. You can take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening, post it on your social media, tag at Maddie Dell on Instagram or at Matthew Del Negro on Twitter and Facebook, email it to friends, or just let people know it exists and how you found it. If you can leave an iTunes review, even better. That really helps. Either way, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you're as inspired by my guests as I am. And when I finally got pregnant, it was like, okay, be calm. But really, this is stressful. Okay, but be calm. Okay, no, no, this is stressful. I have to deal with this. So it's a lot of stuff, emotions going back and forth. (laughs) Welcome to this episode of 10,000 No's. A lot of us remember where we were on July 16, 1999, when John F. Kennedy Jr. died tragically. Emily Raber, my guest today, was a college kid doing a summer news internship out of Colgate University when she went in on a Saturday and happened to be in the right place at the right time. Her actions that day led to a quick start on the career path, including a great stint with Dr. Drew a few years later. But she was slowed down by a canceled show, an autoimmune disease, and a delayed attempt at fertility. While she finally gave birth, motherhood shifted her perspective on how she wanted to spend her time, eventually leading her to the courageous decision to strike out on her own and put her producing skills to use in a more singular way that allowed her to spend time with her baby. She now manages the social media accounts of people whose following surpass the amount of viewers of the shows she used to produce. I actually learned so much from what she does that I decided to hire her myself immediately after our interview. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I know a little bit about you. You come highly recommended from Amy Budden. Love her. She is she's one of the interviews that I did early on that everybody seems to respond to. And I've had women, including my sister, who's in New York, people come all over. They're like, oh, I got in touch with Amy Budden. She's amazing. I and mean, I've taken her class and I've Have you done me. her stuff? I did. And she and I are actually going to do a workshop together where oh, we're going to cool. combine some of my like spoken word with her meditation. That's so, incredible. Yeah. I mean- um, I met her through Unplug Meditation and then I worked with her through um, my many years of fertility struggle and my pregnancy and after that and everything. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I know that you just walk out of there like just transformed. Yeah. I mean, I'm a total I convert to LA, like New Yorker, like I'm not getting into any of the spiritual crap, like no yeah. meditation, whatever. And then I move out here and it's like, who am I? That's <laughs> I yeah. don't even recognize the old version of myself. <laughs> I just had a conversation with a buddy of mine who um he's out he's out from New Jersey and he was saying that uh he's like, you know, I feel like I've evolved since I've been out here, but he's like, maybe I've gone too far and I need to get a little my East coast back and, you know, and kind of get aggressive again. He's like, maybe I've gone too far. It it is, it is interesting. The difference between, 
you know, the kind of the mindsets uh, on the East Coast oh, and the West Coast. And- I'm like gluten-free now. Like, really? And I see my high school friends and they're like, you totally drink kale juice. I'm like, all the time. Like, that's me. They're like, I never thought you'd be that person. Like, <laughs> you were the most unhealthy, like crazy person in high school. And now, you know, here I am. Yeah, total I, haven't, convert. I have not converted that far, <laughs> but I, ha- I, yeah, definitely. I guess I've, I've changed in, you know, in ways. I don't know if I've, I probably have not, you know, evolved the diet quite enough. I still, you know. Do you ever play lacrosse still? No, you know, I haven't played in, I haven't played in a long time, aside from like, you know, having a catch around here or whatever. Um, Although my son and my daughter are not playing and they, you know, as of yet don't show any interest. But then again, I didn't start till I was in seventh grade, but it wasn't offered until then. Yeah, I played too in high school. Oh, you did? I loved it. Okay. Um, And I went to Colgate, um, so similar to DC. I think they played each other. Like we, I don't know. We never played you guys when I was there, but they may have in the past. Colgate's got a good program. Yeah, incredible. You know, they used to also Division One. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you're, you're born and raised in Manhattan. East coast girl. East coast girl. Maybe you could tell from my voice. You've been, (laughs) and you, how long have you been out here now? Nine years. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, I always think of myself as just like a New Yorker living in LA, but I think it's like, I've finally turned a corner and I am very California <laughs> yeah. at this point. Do you go back there? Pretty often. often and do you yeah. have clients there as well? I do. I have clients okay. in New York, Philadelphia, all over the East Coast. Okay. Okay. More East Coast than, than West because of relationships? No, or? more West Coast actually. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, um, was it your first job out of school that you were working at NBC and you worked there for 10 years? Yeah. Did you um, do their, their page program? I didn't. So okay. I'll, I'll tell you the brief story, I guess I'll tell this story. Um, I was an intern there when I was at Colgate and a summer internship or whatever at the local station, WNBC. And it was the summer that um, JFK Jr.'s plane yeah, went down. Yep. So I, my job as an intern was, this is like before email was like the thing. So it was to check the phones and check the voicemails of the bookers like phone, like I, I would just check her messages and write down the messages and she was out getting married. So I would just always check her messages. Anyway, you know, his plane went down on a Friday night, Saturday morning, I wake up to the news and I was like, I had only worked as an intern there for a week. I thought I'll go in and check the messages. Right. So I go in and it's the middle of craziness in the newsroom, as you might imagine. And they were looking for a guest to talk about his death and a Kennedy expert. And I, of course, listened to the voicemail and there was a guy, I call him back up and the publicist and they said, he can come over. He lives right by there. I'm like, okay, great. And I walk over to this chaotic newsroom scene and I'm like, hi, I think I have someone for you guys. And CBS and ABC already had their people on the air, Kennedy experts and NBC was the only one that didn't yet. And um, they were like, who's this person? Who are you? Like, yeah. and I was like, I'm the intern, like for them, you know, and they're like, okay, like get the guy, bring him in. I'm like, okay, I don't even know security or anything. Like I just met him in the lobby. I was so confused. I didn't know my way around, Yeah, brought him upstairs and he ended up carrying the broadcast for hours, stayed to cover the funeral. And that was my first entrance into the news business. And at the time, um, the general manager of WNBC was 
um, Dennis Swanson, who's credited with discovering Oprah and a man named Dan Foreman, who is the news director, sent a note saying like this intern saved the day and this is amazing. And he, and Dan said to me, if you ever want a job, you're welcome back here. Like, I can't believe you came in on a Saturday and just this, and that was my thing. So I'm like, I love news. I want to do this. And so right away out of college, I got a job at the number one market NBC, wow. like, you know, working in news. And, and what were you doing uh, in in the news? What was your So your I kind position? of worked my way up. I did bookings for the morning show and that was my thing eventually. And I, uh, I was a production assistant, then I was a segment producer and I basically would book for the morning show, which I loved. And I met my husband there. Yeah. He was the sports producer and <laughs> it was a real like office romance gone wrong. We ended up marrying each other. How old were you guys when you met? When we met, met, I was like 25. Okay. Um, And so, yeah. Um, And then he got a job out here and I followed him and NBC actually helped me get a job at Access Hollywood where I worked for a couple of years. And then I got a call from a man named Bert Dubrow, who was the executive producer of Dr. Drew's show at um, CNN's sister network. Yeah. And, um, he offered me a job as his senior booker there. And that's how I ended up over there, which was. Um, so, so wait, before we even get to Dr. Yes. Drew, what was, uh, what was the transition like going from NBC? It sounds like you were in more of like kind of a serious news situation and then going to access Hollywood. And like, was that a welcome change or was that like, what am I doing here? I'm a stranger in a strange land kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this over here. Thank you. So I don't spill it. Um, Yeah, it was very different. I was coming from local news where it was like real budget and access was at the time had like 150 people working there. And I'm like, what do all these people do? You know, I've come to see they do a lot and they're wonderful. But I, um, it was very different. And the um, actual um, content, of course, Um, I remember my dad came to visit and something had like, there was like breaking news on a weekend where Lindsay Lohan had stolen a necklace and I had to like get on my phone and he's like, why did I send you to Colgate? Like, what (laughs) are you doing with your career, with your life? Um, And um, so there was a lot of that. (laughs) Well, that's funny. I I had um, another woman, Kimmy Culp on the show and um, sorry about that. I think that's a garbage truck. If everybody's hearing it. My son would be really excited to see that. (laughs) Well, uh, so Kimmy had this, she, kind of had this different transition where she is similar to you that she was still in college and she got called to a story. She was in Colorado. It happened to be Columbine Mm -hmm. and her career kind of, you know, went there. And then she had these incredible stories about 9-11. And one of the things she said was eventually she segued into documentary filmmaking because the, the weight of the stories that she was covering it, 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 the exposure to that footage and those stories and those people after a while weighed her down. And it's, so it's interesting, you know, you kind of were there in the beginning, then you went to this maybe lighter place, but maybe you felt it was frivolous. Yeah. And then, and so, so I didn't, I, yeah, I, no, I, I enjoyed it and I loved all the people there and it was a great experience for me and I'm so grateful for it, but um, also different. Um, And I think, You know, I, when I actually went over to Dr. Drew and we were covering like Sandy Hook, horrible, you know, stories like that. And you're sitting in the control room for hours, just 
watching the same video of like these kids, like, and I like, I, I have PTSD for, I mean, like just thinking about that was just so horrible. And, and, um, so on those days, I certainly missed calling about Lindsay Lohan's necklace, you know? Um, and even still, I'll meet with friends of mine who still work for CNN, like shortly after the Vegas shooting and they spent weeks in Vegas and talking to these people and just like, you know, families and horrible stories. And I'm like, I don't think I have that in me anymore. I, yeah. I, Is I, that typical? Do people have a shelf life? Uh, I mean, you know, you see some of these anchors that have been there for decades and maybe that just takes a special person, but do most people have kind of a shelf there life? There is a, a burnout, I yeah. think. Um, but, you know, I do know some people who have been in it forever. So I guess it's just a different kind of person. Um, there are times where I really miss being in, in a control room, yeah. but not for those kind of stories. <laughs> what, what was it, you know, what is it that you miss if, if it's, you know, is it the excitement? Is it yeah. grabbing that So story? there's one thing is that's it... sort of like, I can't believe I'm admitting it, but I love being in control. <laughs> <laughs> so like if I was like in, uh, when I did Dr. Drew and I was literally it, the voice in his ear, you know? Yeah. And I, I still say to him like, you know, cause we, I was literally talking to him for years, like, you know, dude, like, that's amazing. I, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even, you know, think about it. Yeah, that's got to be. And so I, um, I do miss a lot of that. And we had like a lot of um, really working with really talented people who could turn something on a dime, you know, whereas in other industries, you, you know, you just don't move that quickly. There's just not that same necessity. Yeah. Um. So to have... Um, just thinking about like shouting out, you know, changing the banner or those things where, you know, those things could turn so quickly, um, new developments happening, finding out about things, um, you know, working with incredible, like really fast directors. Um, I, I love the executive producer that I worked with there and he taught me so much and that was amazing. Just learning from, like you have said in, in your career, like learning from really talented people. That's incredible. That's something that I miss when you're doing your own business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having that, that kind of a place to go and be surrounded by community and and a team. And yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking about how, how stressful it must be to be in, in a control room. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's all coming at you live and you got to- How about being in a control room pregnant? (laughs) Yeah. That's like crazy stressful. I was, after I tried openly to get pregnant for years and years and big fertility struggle. And um, we went through like four rounds of IVF. And when I finally got pregnant- and was working in a control room. It was like, okay, be calm. But really, this is stressful. Okay, but be calm. Okay, no, no, this is stressful. I have to deal with this. Like, yeah. so it's a lot of stuff, emotions yeah. going back and forth. Yeah. And, and and you have so you have one son. Yes, that, right? okay. and he's twenty months. Yeah, he's twenty months. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're really yeah. It's new. I don't That's think new. I realized your son was that young. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he's my everything. So how was? Congratulations, Thank by you. the way. Thank and you. and how was that, you know, just in, in with the theme of 10,000 no's and, you know, how did you kind of, you're obviously a, a high achiever, um, 
you know, career wise, it, it sounds like. And so, and you're in an industry where there are just obstacles every day. It's a given with what you do that every day it's just, it's just a multitude of sure. obstacles. So now you get this huge personal obstacle. Um, and, and you, how did you process that? How did you deal with it? Like, did you have, um, did, did you have kind of things that you would do, how you would approach work and you would apply them, that mindset to the pregnancy or did you get bummed out? Did you get depressed? Did you, what? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was going through the fertility struggle, um, I, it was actually simultaneously when Unplug opened that meditation studio on Wilshire Boulevard, which happened to be close to my home. Uh And the owner, Susie- Unplug, by the way, for people listening, is a a meditation center, you would call it, right? Yes. They were the first drop-in studio, I think. In LA. Um, Now there's a million in LA. Yeah, and it's big. It's it's terrific. So they- Sorry, go on. um, The owner had done some stuff at NBC, like some fashion demos that we used to do and stuff. So I kind of knew of her. Uh-huh. Um, back when I was in New York. And so I went and checked it out. And um, I really credit the meditation to a big part of, um, you know, and the medical. Obviously, I went through IVF, but um, going through IVF and being able to, like, take the time, do the meditation work and all of that. Um, after I went through three rounds of IVF, I actually went to my bosses at um, Dr. Drew. I went to Dr. Drew and my executive producer, sat them down, told them everything, which they didn't know I was going through this at all. Um, And I was like, this is what's happening. And they allowed me to take the two weeks off that I was trying to get pregnant. So like for the fourth round. And I took those two, two weeks and went twice a day for meditation as like a staycation at yeah. Unplug. Yeah. And I um and, you got and it worked. Yeah. Wow. So okay, so tell me you said But then I had to go back to work and like they were like, <laughs> did it work? Did it not work? And I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to say yet. And throw, yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, wait, so tell me what was it you said what everything that you, what you learned and then aside obviously the medical, what would what would you say was the biggest takeaway that you got from meditation. And did you, like many people like me, definitely, when you first started, were you like, okay, okay, come on, but what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Were you impatient? And oh, were you, yeah. is that what helped you? Was it? Yeah. I mean, every single time you go in there, you're like, okay, this day. So in nine, 10 months, this will be my due date. This is be his birthday, her birthday. This will be what we'll do. You know, you plan these things and then they don't happen. And it's such a heartache for not only me, but for my husband, for my parents, like, you know, everybody was emotionally invested in this. So, um, you know, not to mention the financials of it, it's like, it's crazy. So, um, it's, uh, it's such a roller coaster. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, I didn't expect to get into all this, but even the like the giving yourself the shots and, you know, you're taking all of these hormones. So obviously those are making you that much more anxious when you're being told like, oh, just calm down and you'll be pregnant and that'll be fine. It's like, well, it's not that easy when you're being like, you know, like injected with things that make you anxious. So yeah, um, that was incredibly difficult, not to mention like, you know, 
stories are breaking. I have a job to do. Yeah. Um, things are happening. Like, and I'm trying to put everything I got into that while also put everything I got into this. Right. Um, and you know, that's a struggle and, yeah. a, and a struggle that so many women go yeah, through. Yeah. We, I mean, we went through it both times. We have two kids, went through it both times, not to that degree mm-hmm. of IVF, but we did go through, you know, periods where it wasn't just like, you know, some people, right. it's like the couples look at each other and, right. and they have right. you know, 18 kids. We did not have that experience. And I know what you're saying. It's a, you know, it, it's like, um, yeah, you're it's supposed to be this natural thing and it's anything but natural, you know, you're kind of, you know, and, and it's, and this is, this is actually pathetic where my mind went when you were talking about that, the expectation, but there's a similarity, believe it or not, it's obviously way lower stakes, but in an acting career, when you go in for big jobs, you are psychologically getting yourself up for it, sure. preparing yourself. Sure. And you're, you know, you're trying to will yourself in a way, if you really want the job, you're yeah. like, okay, what am I going to do to get it? And part of that involves, you know, you have this whole scenario laid out. You try to stay away from that because that's a result, but like, oh, and, and if I get, then we're going to have this. And and you, you, you know, when you feel good about it, you go in and you nail it and you feel yeah. like, okay, this, this one's going to stick. Yeah. And you're imagining it. And then it's like, nope, it's not happening. And then you, you got to start over again right. and you let it go. And that's a, that's a tough thing for people to do. And then to do that, you know, when the stakes are as high as, as ha- bringing another life into the world and then also having this crazy job, that's, that's a lot yeah. for one person to handle. Yeah. No, so the meditation kind of it's, it's calmed you, so, did it keep you present? Yes, it did. And, and it took some time and I, I can't say always, but yeah. <laughs> um, for the most part, yes, and yeah. it definitely helps. Um, and, um, but it is interesting that you make that analogy because it is true. That is your livelihood, you know, yeah. and that's like, you're planning your entire world around that similar, you know, situation yeah. for me. Um, so, um, yeah, it's the expectations and letting go of expectations and letting things work out in the timing that they do. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, on that note, I, um, had my son in May of that that year, and I um, in what was that twenty sixteen twenty sixteen okay, and um, in August of that year, while I was on maternity leave, the show was canceled. So <laughs> my life got thrown for another little girl. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So good. Another. Yes. You know, I mean, it's easy to say good when right. you're looking back. Actually, at it. I but, will say it was good because a couple of reasons. One. But did you think um, so in the moment? I. Um, well, okay, I, um, I got the maternity leave that I think all women should get because the show was canceled. So I was able to spend more time and be home actually being paid like, you know, at a, at a good time. I had, um, I, um, have ulcerative colitis. That's another thing, which I determined I had when I was trying to get pregnant. And what, I had, what, uh, is so that? it's uh-huh. in like in your uh, inflammation in your intestines, basically. But I got, was really sick after my son was born. Okay. So there was really like, I literally was like, Were this is, up? Were you- yeah. So I was in like a bad place. And I was like, this is like, meant to be, I guess, even though I really loved that job so much. Yeah. Um, and, um, and that's when things started 
to sort of happen for me, I feel like. <laughs> it's so interesting because, you, you know, you're not the first person, anybody who's been listening to this podcast for even even just a few episodes will recognize that theme. The, the thing, you know, something gets thrown at someone, it's like seemingly the worst thing on the surface, ends up being a huge gift if they choose to see it that way. And they, you know, to say that that's when things started to happen for you is interesting considering all the stuff you did prior to that. But what do you mean? What? How do you mean that? Um, well, one of the TV personalities that I'd worked with in New York um, reached out to me about helping her do her social media. She actually doesn't go on social media, but she has to have it for her career. And um, she didn't want to see the comments at all. And she just wanted me to kind of run it. Yeah. Um, so that started something. Um, I started helping her with some a business thing, social media for her. And that started taking off. She recommended me people. Other people started recommending me people. And that started just being like, oh, let's just do this as a little side thing. I started um, taking some like seminars and things, learning some more stuff about like the um, algorithms and the craziness that goes on and goes into these Instagram, Facebook and all of this stuff that, I mean, when I was working on a show like Dr. Drew, we had obviously an Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, Twitter accounts that were very important to our show. And I stayed on top of that, of right. course, but to, this was to a different level where, um, are those like, you know, secrets of the trade that you can't talk about here? No, or no, I'm happy can, to share. And like, I, what are some of the algorithms so, that you found? Um, well, everything's changed in 2018. Actually, there's, here's where I get excited. Um, <laughs> I like jump up to tell you all this great stuff about Instagram. No, I, um, in 2018, um, a lot of things have changed like for, and for us too, like we're all learning. So, um, one thing, for instance, is that hashtags, they used to put them in the first comment underneath when you're like writing your caption, then you put them in the first comment. You, that's no longer a good idea. You need to put them in your caption. Otherwise, they're not discoverable anymore as of 2018. Okay. Um, so things like See, that. See, I'm so late to the boat. That's all I knew. Was well, in the you're comments. doing it right. So, <laughs> see, I'm right. I'm right where I need to be. Exactly. It must be that Boston College Hashtag education. Hashtag killing <laughs> And then um, the... Um, we're really big into the Insta stories. Like we do a lot of Insta stories for our clients. We kind of shoot them in advance sometimes, get them ready, prepare them, have like a schedule. Um, people get so stressed out by their Insta stories, but they are important, especially if you have a business going on Instagram uh -huh. to keep those going and, and have people get a taste of what's really happening and so, not just- Again, for people that don't know, sorry to interrupt please. you, but for people that don't know. So on Instagram, you've got your- your feed, which is, you know, a picture that you'd put up or a video that, that lives there forever. And then you've got your Insta story, which is what, 24 hours? Yeah, lives for 24 hours. And it's video. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it could be picture as well. It could be pictures, and, yeah. But it kind of comes and it goes, but you can, yeah. Um, so it lives for 24 hours. Now there's a new feature on Instagram where if you really, really, really like your Insta story, you can save it as oh. a highlight on your page. Ah. So, um, that's exciting. Right. Um, we recommend to our clients to put a location and a hashtag into all their Insta stories, um, which a lot of people don't do. And I, um, if you are looking to be discovered and want to be followed, that's a great way to be found. If, for instance, you were to put up 
a, like an Insta story from here um, and put the location, let's say Los Angeles, and you get um, put into the Los Angeles story for the day, uh-huh. then everybody, all the hundreds of thousands of people who are watching that story, you know, just to see what's happening in LA, will see, oh, look, this podcast, check that out, click, whatever. Right. Maybe they end up following you. It's so funny. Um, now, are you at all, like, are your clients um, at all freaked out, especially the celebrity ones, um, about people knowing where they are. You know, you hear stories of people being on yes. vacation and they get robbed yes. or, you know, people worried about their kids. Or yes. Like that. So a lot of high profile people that we work with, um, you know, I say that you should always put a location on your post and on your stories. So that's easy. Well, it's easier in a big city, especially where you can put Los Angeles and that's, and that's it. You keep that's it, it. Yeah. So that's been fine. Or if they were at the beach, but then later posted it, yeah. Um, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, where, um, as if you're in a smaller place, you're obviously, in, but if you're there, you're there for a reason and you're going to put it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, if you're in New York, you just put New York. And um, was that the Kim Kardashian thing? Wasn't she like yeah, robbed I in mean, Paris or something? What was that? I guess she was like Snapchat. I don't, you know, I don't, something. You know, I don't know. I was I not involved in hearing. that at all, yeah. but I do know that that was a big thing for them and yeah. they're very focused on that. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so you've you've found that, and and I mean, instead of because I'm I'm kind of fascinated by it uh, because my relationship to social media is a is a tricky one. I you know I, I've had such a hard time really like fully embracing it. I'm I'm way more embraced with it now than I ever have been. Yeah, but I'm still it's it's like a, a battle for me. It's not it's not inherent to my personality. So like, how do you kind of coach people well, in that way? What, what's your so philosophy? So for you, it's kind of perfect because like I, there a lot of our, um, let's say blogger people who want to get going or they're just starting their blog and they're just starting their Instagram account. And I'll tell them you should send direct messages to all these people, like try reaching out, try connecting. Like that's what it's all about, which to you is like, you know, sending out note, like trying to connect with different people, trying to get jobs here and there. You know, it's essentially the same thing. You're putting yourself out there the same way you put yourself out there all the time, you know, just for some reason, looking at it and critiquing it and like staring at it all day makes us all a little bit more crazy, I guess. Um, the, um, I was just, just remembered something else that I was going to tell you and I space, but yes, you go ahead. Oh, that's okay. It's probably like, there's like a garbage can being rolled somewhere. (laughs) I I love it. And my son Uh, would really love it. I'm bringing him over. He loves all trucks, garbage can. Like we chase trucks everywhere. Um, So, so uh, yeah, that's what I, you know, there's a a friend of mine. um, He was also a guest on this show, but he, you know, we kind of didn't know each other as well. Then I talked to him and he's really extremely, uh, adept at, um, social media in general. And, uh, he, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to be hanging out with you and then go, Oh, let's take a selfie. And like, I got, I, it does, it feels so. Cause it isn't natural. To me. Right? And, he, and, you know, his thing was, he said, you know, 
I have this thing that I, that I really believe in, you know, what he does. I I really believe and I really feel that it helps people. So I look at it as kind of like my obligation to further that and get that message out there into the world. And if that's what I have to do for it, that's what I have to do for it. And, you know, and, and so I guess it is, it's, you know, it's just, it's another form of marketing. It's kind of a DIY marketing or in your case. It's another form of producing really. I mean, we're producing. Yeah, it's kind of a combo. Yeah. yeah, uh, You know, we're producing Facebook ads essentially, which I never thought I'd be saying in a million years. Um, But, you know, when my father was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, I, I say to him, I'm like, with my clients and their following combined, I might be reaching more people than I was reaching on any given night of any of my shows, you know, that's, which that's is amazing. crazy. Where, like, what sector do your clients come from? Are they, are they all in entertainment? Are they entrepreneurs? Are they, what's, we have is a, there a lot mix? of um, health and wellness, a lot of um, mom blogger type things going. Uh-huh. It's kind of like shifts at times, but together, because I guess they're all recommending each other, like in shifts in a weird way. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I had a wedding venue at one point, like I've had all kinds of different things, yeah. um, which is a fun yeah. um, part of it. And, and how, and like, that's what I liked about producing too. Like every day is different and every day is something new and um, every day is being creative. And so there is a lot of that. Um are you in touch with them? Like, like, what is the relationship? I mean, I don't know how many clients you have. I don't know if it's a hundred or if it's like no. You know, but 12 if I get hundreds, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody looking for social media? Um, we, but, but, it, are you in contact with these people every day? Or, Most, or every week? So some, it depends on the client and depends on what they kind of sign up for. But um, some clients we talk to almost every day. Yeah. Um, some clients actually don't want to talk to a, like you deal with it. We have a way of like showing them, like, here's what we're planning for the week. Here's all the stuff they can, um, they put their input into it. There's some of their stuff. They send us some photo, you know, there's a lot of collaboration that goes into the planning and then it's sort of like, let it go. Um, and, and then we take over and they trust us. I mean, there's a great. Well, yeah, because you're also, I mean, so there are some where you will actually write the copy or come up sure, with the idea. Sure. And or, that's more for like a business um, yeah. that doesn't necessarily need to be from an individual voice yeah. um, where we can really like do that. But like the mommy bloggers, obviously they're doing their own In their writing. own world. And they may go, here's a piece that I wrote. Here's a picture. Here's right. three pictures you decide. And we'll or- recommend, like we do photography, you know, we have photographer that works with us and we're really big into the aesthetics and the look of everything. Sorry, I hit the right. mic. I hope that's okay. <laughs> you see the- uh, <laughs> Yeah. Something yeah. special I should know from my <laughs> TV world. <laughs> Don't hit the mic. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I mean, it all depends on what your needs are, sort of. Um, but, I, I mean, I think we basically can cover it all yeah. based on that. So, okay, so so bring me back to um, you're working for Dr. Drew. You get maternity leave. You have your son. Mm-hmm. The show gets canceled. Mm-hmm. You're sick. Um, <laughs> it was at that point that you are 
starting to get friends say, hey, can you help me with my social media? Yes, and but why I never on earth thought that I would make that a career. But but why did they come to you? What did you have? Was it your producing skills? Okay. So. Yeah, I think, um, I, I guess they just trusted me and... Mm. Um, and they sort of knew I could handle it. Yeah. Um, and, and you kind of handled it, it for the Dr. Drew show. Well, yeah, I oversaw it. You so, oversaw yeah, it all. I mean, so that was kind of, yeah, that's what you did. Okay. Um, I mean, I was the senior producer for Drew, but we had a social media person. But and you I would kind of her. let that give them their marching orders. Yeah, so I, um, what, you know, I never really thought it was going to be like a thing. And I was still, I had my agent and I was still looking for work. And yeah. um, I got a pilot for Fox. Right. And it required me to go to New York, um, leave my son, my husband, whatever. I cried the entire time. Not during the pilot. I was very professional, but like, you know, on the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, that um, led me um, a couple months. And I still was trying to get, you know, TV things going. Um, and then it led me, um, Fox actually offered me a show um, that launched last fall. And I... It would have required me to be there four o'clock in the morning, and there were just a lot of things that weren't jiving. Emotions with what you that brought now. up, and I was like, "This isn't for me right now. I don't think I can go back to that." And um, this side business that was just sort of a thing started, started to take off. up to uh, take off, and um, I got more and more excited about it, and. Um, you know, truthfully, I really loved the flexibility of it because if I did want to take my son to a mommy and me class, I could. It wasn't like there was breaking news and I had to run, you right. know, um, so I could be present, um, which I really appreciated. So for that, I was like, I'm just going to start doing this. Um, so I started, you know, aggressively putting it out there in the universe, I guess, like, send me some clients, please. (laughs) And that started to happen from a completely, it's all been, um, word word of of mouth mouth and referrals. Um, uh, Megan, who you met, who works with me, she, um, actually shadowed me at Dr. Drew when she was at Colgate because I do a lot for Colgate. That's my alma mater. And, um, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, I need someone to work with me here. And she was an actress and decided that was no longer her thing. And she's like, I'm looking for a startup. I'm like, I know one. (laughs) And so here we are. And um, it's been... So at this point, is she your only employee or do you kind of end up um, getting subcontractors? Yes, but we do have... Like like the photographer. So we have a guy who does search engine optimization. We have a photographer. We have an editor. We have like a couple other people who help us out with some of our accounts from time to time, but she's my everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, but yeah, it requires a lot of stuff. Like we, because I ended up doing this, taking on this search engine optimization thing too, and bringing on this guy, cause he's so brilliant. Um, that's been another piece of the business. It's sort of, it's all happened organically, which yeah. is, I guess. Well, it, well, it's interesting that, that, uh, Lily Pettit, did you, I worked with her. At one you point. worked with her. At one, mm-hmm. Okay. She had a similar situation where she was, you know, it was like, she was uh, working in wardrobe, I think, for for 
TV or, or film or something. And she just liked organizing things. And somebody brought her in and, and like said, oh, my friend needs you to, you know, she wants her closets organized. And it was, it happened to be some big celebrity and she did it and she kind of loved it. That's and, amazing. And then all of a sudden, I think it just, yeah, I interviewed her for the show and that's what she said. And then all of a sudden she did that. And then that person told someone who told someone who told someone and all of a sudden she's like, I have a business. Yes. You know? And I love what she does with the whole saging thing. That's an incredible side of yeah, her business. Yeah. She's unique. really, she's a really interesting woman. She was, I thought she was great. And, and um, in, in a way, yeah, that's kind of, that's a little bit what's happening here with this podcast is it's like, it kind of like had this inkling to do it, didn't know exactly where I was going with it. And then it's kind of building and building and building. And, and it's, I think when you do something that you're really loving, people kind of, People, you know, are willing to come either get your service or help you out or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's been incredible. And I, yeah, I heard you talking about that and how you started your podcast, which I love because um, it's sort of my constant reminder of like, don't give up, keep going, keep going, you know. Well, and thank so, you. That's good. Um, that's- I, I really, um, I appreciate it. I've been listening to a bunch of your podcasts and I appreciate hearing that from other people and from you. It's like, you got to keep going, keep going, keep trying. Um, you know, doors will shut and things will happen that are not great because not all of this has been perfect and great. Yeah, no, I can only imagine <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So you went, you know, you kind of were, you know, you were in a, in a, in a, in a field that, like my field has the ability to have these like these pitfalls with the show camps getting canceled sure. as it happened to you. But, you know, you have a track record. It's relatively, you know, tried and true for you. And you jumped off of that in the midst of having a kid and being sick and all this to go to go do your own thing. Um, I I admire that. I think it's it's great and it's nice to see as, as I'm sure, you know, I mean, actually, I would love to ask you that, like, what are the, it sounds like you love what you do. What are, you know, what's the drag part of it? What's the, there's gotta be something that you're like, Oh, oh God, sure. I sure. Doing this. I mean, I, I think in the beginning, um, it was just a struggle to, first of all, to figure out like doing the actual business while running the business, if that makes sense. Like, um, so making it all work and the details that go into each, posts in each story and things that, um, really do take time. Yeah. Um, and also figuring out like the logistical business stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, having some, someone else and having other people on board has been really helpful in doing that. Meeting other people who have succeeded in doing that has been really helpful. Yeah. Um, so like getting people to share with me their tools or things, you know, that they've utilized to make that work yeah. has been awesome. Um, taking like seminars and continuing to learn is a big thing for me, especially in this, um, social media space. And that sounds crazy because it's only been around so long, but it keeps changing, keeps changing. And you really have to stay on top of it. Who's really good in your opinion? Uh, Like who have you really learned from? I love, um, watching the tutorials from Jasmine Starr. I think she has a great thing going. If you know her at all, she's like a real social media guru. She does like free workshops on her um, site and, um, it's, if you have the time, it's kind of fun. She's got a fun attitude about it and she's really fun. Um, so she's one that I like. Um, and then, you know, I see other businesses, um, 
around that do similar things and I've like checked out what they've done, but I don't know that their services equate to what we do. So it's kind of a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, do you have a hard time? Um, you know, do you have a hard time kind of looking at the competition to try to get an idea of like, Oh, they're doing this well and I could learn from them and then going down a rabbit hole of, oh my God, they're doing it so well. And here I am and they've got it all figured. I mean, I had this happen. This is from experience. I say this, I had like one of those like late night slash early morning trolling around iTunes, looking at this guy's podcast I had heard about. Oh, no. And he had it and, and, and it was really impressive. I've since gone and listened and, and he's great. And I went to the website and it was like, everything was so perfect. You start to beat yourself up. And then I was like, okay, get away from that. There's a couple of things you can take that you can use for your thing, but then let it go. This guy's been doing this for, you know, seven years or something like that. And yeah. you, know, you can't compare yourself, but you can learn. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because Megan and I were in an elevator yesterday. We were at a meeting at one of those like a community um, shared office spaces. Uh-huh. And um, two guys got into the elevator and they said to us, oh, were you at that shared office space? And we said, yes. And they said, oh, we should go up there. Like we should go up there and see what's going on and meet the people and talk to them about what we do. And then they turned to us and they're like, we're in marketing. So those are all our potential clients, you know? (laughs) And like, and like they got out and, and we looked at each other and we're like, how come like they see that as an opportunity and we're like, oh, I wonder if they would ever hire us, you know, like that's just like changing your brain a little bit, you know, right. where it's like just like just thinking about it a little bit differently and and thinking positively. Just, you know, yeah. what is that that made those guys just say, we're going to go up there and get all the clients we want. And we're like, mm, should we get them? Do you think they would talk to us? You right. know, like right. why? You know, so that that sort of was like an elevator um, tutorial for us, I guess. That's funny. <laughs> so have you found yourself getting more into that mindset? Do you have any well, I guess what advice would you give to other people listening and particularly other women listening, and, and then and then even more specifically, other mothers listening who have an idea for a business that they're running kind of solo in the beginning, and then and then gathering steam and gathering employees. But but like, what what advice do you have? Like, what have you found to be the you know some good roads you've taken and some bad roads you've taken? You know, I could get into a lot of different things, but I think one of them that we recently, like on that same note is just valuing your own time and your own knowledge um, and recognizing that and kind of taking a step back, like, like you say, like take a step back and give yourself a pat on the back for this awesome podcast. Cause it is amazing, you know, oh, thank you. and like take a step back for me and say like, wow, we have done this, you know, we are doing this. It's an incredible. And, and we really, um, do have the knowledge for this space, um, to make it work. So, um, if, you know, if people come to us and they're like, well, I don't want to do this. And I know it's like, we've, t- we've come to a point where we're like, it's not going to work. That's not yeah. going to work because we have to value our time and yeah. our, and our, and our knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to someone else who, who had said that and he said, you know, he's got kind of a, a high end, very high end clients, high end business, high price tag. And he said, I lay it out. This is what it's going to be. If you, if you want this, this is what it's going to cost. If you don't, then, you know, 
walk away mm -hmm. or I'll walk away. And he said, I've never discounted anything mm -hmm. in, in my life. And which I, I thought was interesting because he commands a very high price. But his point was that, you, you know, you kind of water yourself down. Yeah. And, absolutely. you know, and it, it ends up being a slippery slope that you go down. And, we, and I've done that and it's, you know, and that's, you know, only made me stronger, made me learn and, yeah. and that's where I am. So, yeah. um, I think that's been good. Yeah. And, and, um, where are you kind of, you know, where are you looking to go? Is there, is there kind of, it's, it's one of these fields that, as you said, is so ever changing. It's so new for all of us yeah. and there are new outlets, new kind of I guess, I don't know what you call them, channels or venues that you, you know, it's like yeah. half of them, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, by the way, is right now the, I, my, what I've heard is Instagram is the one that's monetized the most right. and, and Twitter is kind of, people have said it's in some ways past its day in terms of, you know. You know, it all depends on what your business is. Like we do um, social for a company that gears towards over 60. And so for them, Instagram's really not as much the place, although I convinced them that they need to be on Instagram because there is a community, huh. um, but they're more Facebook and Twitter. Um, so it really just depends on what your business is. But, um, you know, for um, the, you know, other businesses that we work with, I should say, Instagram is the place. It's all about, you know, there's 7 million yeah. Instagram users daily. It's, it's happening there. Yeah. <laughs> and then what do you like in terms of, um, I've heard numbers. I'm wondering what, what you've heard uh -oh. in terms of like, uh, some people that have, you know, these immense followings, what they will get for what, you know, what, amount of followers commands a certain Money. price for a, a, a sponsored post. If yeah. they, you know, post so on, that you know, seems wearing. to be what everybody wants. It's like, they think if they just launch an Instagram account, they'll get sponsored posts all of a sudden. Yeah. And that's just not the case. You know, yeah. um, I think that, um, some of the bigger people are making serious money and that's wonderful for when them. When you say big though, is that like There are people making like seven figures on Instagram, you know, based on their millions of loyal followers. Yeah. Um, but um, that, there's a couple problems. There's a lot of people who are out there who have bought followers and the companies know that based on their engagement and whatnot. So um that, you know, when they think, oh, well, I have 50,000 followers. Well, you know, we can see you only have X amount of comments and it's just not enough and there's not enough engagement and right. um, it's not what they're looking for. Um, a lot of the brands now, you know, because a lot of people are reaching out and saying, I want this for free and I want to post this for, you know, and I want to be sponsored. And, you know, there's so many people and it's, there's, it's just such a crowded space. Yeah. Now a lot of the brands are saying, okay, we'll send you free podcasts popcorn if you post about it. And it's like, well, I didn't want free popcorn. I wanted cash, you know, yeah, yeah. but that's like the difference now it's starting to shift a little bit, especially yeah. for the, um, lower numbers, but, um, you know, for the higher numbers and for those micro influencers who really have a loyal, loyal following, like we have one client who has 3000 followers. And I would say 
every single one of them wants to buy the products that she's mentioning because of the brand. And so I think really? that person will, that's what you call a micro-influencer. That's like- 3,000 followers. And they're- Loyal, committed, clicking on every post. Really, like she'll put a link up, they'll go to the site. You know, they want- and it's growing really fast wow. um, because if you have something good to give, they will go there. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's worth it, they yeah. will go for it. Yeah. Um, I just heard that. Um, I think it was the, maybe the CEO of, of, I think it was like Home Depot. I might be getting that wrong saying, you know, you'd rather have, you know, 10 followers that are all in loyal. than, a million followers that are like, eh, totally. You know, just because you—that—that's—that's that's what you, you will grow from that, you know, rather than having this wide net, but nobody really cares. Yeah, I mean, I always tell the story about this guy that I met when I was trying to get into this, who had like ten thousand followers, and he had just been verified by Instagram, and people with like a hundred thousand followers are begging to be verified by Instagram. And I said to him, "How did you get it?" And he's like, "Because every you look at my feed, everybody's liking and engaging. Pretty much everybody is, you know, wanting a piece of this, and that's they recognize engagement." Um, And that's part of the algorithm too, is like, if you, you may already know this, but if you get a comment, you get pushed up to the top of someone else's feed. So the goal is, okay. So the goal is to get as many comments as possible. That's (laughs) what you really want is comments. I'm going to start posting controversial stuff. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But that's why people ask like, what did you have for breakfast? Cause they want you to write like oatmeal, you know, bagel, whatever. So that like all those breakfast, you know, comments are getting them to the top. Or you may see it uh, like one where people say type. Yes. If you agree, it's like, yes, 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 yes. And it's like blowing up. So that is so funny. Wow. You'll, you'll go see a lot of mistakes. Anybody looking to increase their social media, look at mine and do the opposite. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, wow. No. So, um, yeah. So that's like a crazy, you know, game. <laughs> so, okay. So let's go, um, let's go back to even prior to Colgate. Um, I'm just thinking of like, you know, life lessons that you've had that have, you seem you're a self-starter you've you know to do even the instinct that you had when you were uh, you know in college and doing the internship and you, with JFK Jr to go in there to get in there on a, on a Saturday to do what you did to have the instinct have the courage um was that something were you born with this kind of um this ability to kind of get things done, do you think it's it's a combo of like being in your DNA? Was it hmm. lessons that your parents taught you? Did, were your parents in some way, um, were they entrepreneurs? Were they, you know, what, where, where did some of your life values come from? Um, that's a great question. So I guess a lot of it came from growing up in New York City, just like that energy and that... Um, like, I know you talk about this rural, like being in the backyard, like alone, like forest, you know, yeah. whereas it was the opposite for me. Like I walk out Things and coming at you people, and yeah. yeah, watch out and be on your toes at all times. And, um, 
So um, maybe there was a lot of that. There's that energy, as you know, from living in New York, it's just like, go, 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 get it done, be the best, like yeah. win, win, you know, um, which maybe I just grew up with. Yeah. Um, you have siblings or? I'm sort of an only child. I have step-siblings that okay. I grew up with, um, but I, um, I you know, both my parents have their own business. My dad's a dentist. I mean, they have both had their own businesses of which they worked very hard at. Yeah. Um, so I guess, and yeah. going in TV was like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. But my dad was really excited about that, uh, you know. And was your mom in the dental business? No, well no, no. She's actually a um, career, like, uh, she did um, career consulting and career placement recruiting and all okay. that stuff. Okay, so you you've... You've got it in, in your blood Maybe I've got it in bit. my blood, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never really thought about that, I guess. Um, yeah. But- um, I'm sure there are instincts that you have that you just, I, I would imagine that you watched them, you know, you probably didn't even realize it, but you watched so them true. do what they do and and you kind of, you know, yeah. pick, it, pick it up. So, I mean, I, when I was working in TV, I was sort of envious of my dad's- like life that he had built this thing and it was like this great thing that he had that was his, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know he's a dentist. It sounds different, but it's his practice that he built, you know, and I actually bought my domain like nine, nine, 10 years ago and, and created a homepage for myself. And Before was, you even knew. And it said coming soon, New York and LA. Really? And, yeah. And I was like, I want to do something. <laughs> That's Pretty interesting. Right. <laughs> On some deep level, you knew at some point that call was going to, was going to come Yeah. for you to go do your own thing. Yeah. That's really interesting. So maybe that is my parents. I'll give them credit. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> parents, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that really is, uh, that's interesting. That yeah. You, so, so it's not so, I mean, that's, uh, that's really interesting because you said, oh yeah, it just kind of came about. I was, you know. And it did, but on some deeper level, it was there. You kind of knew it. Yeah, and that was long before Instagram even launched. I mean, yeah, I mean, you didn't know what you were going to do, right. but you knew. Yeah, yeah. I might want to like you know stake a claim for myself. That's right. Huh. So I had that domain just sitting there for ever, and actually, it's the same. The 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 same logo I, I use at the bottom of my site. Like I kept it going. It's the really? same logo on my signature. Like when I emailed you, it's like, I kept that logo. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and consistency are other people, is key with yeah, your brand. Exa exactly. <laughs> so are, are other people that you um, grew up with or went to college with or worked with in the news world or is anybody in this social media world now no. or no, just um, you? I mean, in le no, I mean, a lot of my producer friends are still producing successfully. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody who got out, but I can't really think off the top of my head. Um, and then all my, the people I grew up with are lawyers, bankers, you know, yeah. um, deck doctors and yeah, more, um, more traditional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And is your, is your husband still producing? Actually, uh, he works for Red Bull, the energy drink oh, producing okay. for producing them. for them. Yeah. Okay. So, um, aren't they doing uh, like a lot of, uh, like actual film stuff? Yep. You, they do a lot of film TV, yeah. they do shows. They've been doing it for years. That's now. what's so interesting to me as an actor is that all of these outlets now are becoming viable, you know, 
little mini studios unto themselves. I went in oh. for something recently that was uh, was for Facebook, and yeah. I think they're trying to do what you know Amazon and Netflix are doing. Now. Oh yeah, and, and and it was a great script. It's people attached that were really. Yeah. And the, and the great part about it is they have a backing. So yeah. um, they're not just relying on that one project, you know, they have something right. like behind them. So the the studio, the facilities are, you know, incredible. Yeah. Um, and the equipment that they use. It's too bad well. Amazon doesn't have money behind them. Yeah. Right. Could you imagine? <laughs> Amazon is going to take over the world oh very soon. Oh my gosh. I know. Uh, so, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Amazon prime fan myself. Oh, good. Okay. And we so, do Amazon affiliates for our clients, you know, do you know I'm doing season two of Goliath? Uh, I don't know if you, you are. Yeah, just, we just shot. I awesome. finished right before Christmas. I am um, a big scandal fan. I'll have. Oh, you know. really? Yeah. Uh -oh. So I was going to ask you. See, how whenever I'm... anybody tells me that, I'm like, oh, they've seen me do some <laughs> some crazy stuff. <laughs> yes, you know? that was a great. But great... I don't know if you watch Goliath, but the first, go see the first season. It's it's really great, and and the second season, I I'd venture to say, I is, absolutely is will. Great. I'm super excited. Yeah, I it's... loved the uh, the Amazon um, Mrs. Maisel show. I haven't seen it, but I've been still wearing my pearls. Everybody's talking about it yes. right now. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, before I let you go, yes. Um, what you know, and and you may not, it may just be what it is, and you're kind of seeing where it's going. But I'm wondering, like, what is, what what's kind of the vision for you know your company and and by the way, it's it's Emily Raber Media dot com. Okay, so if anybody wants to check it out, emilyrabermedia.com. It's R-A-I-B-E-R. -E Correct. Raber? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And and but the the overall vision of it, do you feel like you see it um, going in a specific direction? Or are you kind of just open to what comes next, you know, based on it being such a kind of curvy road? Uh, I think the best way to be is to be open because especially with everything changing constantly. Like we have found ourselves like, oh, you know, we start with one plan and then things change. Like the, 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 you know, the algorithms change or the way people do business change, or, you know, we found with one client, um, real success with their Facebook ads. And that was exciting. And that was something I never thought we would venture into, but that's been something we've been producing. So it's like, you know, I'm going to keep myself open and, see what this brings to me yeah. and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, it sounds like it's going in the right direction. And it sounds like, you you know, even if you look at the waveforms on the, you know, as we're speaking, you, you look down and you see the waveforms. Every time I speak, the waveforms go up and down on the computer. And when Emily speaks, and when I asked you before, I, I think the first time we started talking about Instagram, all of a sudden it went, it went like up and down, up and down. And you could tell that you're really, like current passion. you're really, you're really passionate about it and, and kind of helping people, you know, that that's what it seems like to me is that the, the, uh, the actual outlets may change, the algorithms may change, but what you're doing will kind of always be the same, which is giving people in a way, giving them a megaphone so they can go, Hey, I'm over here sure. doing this thing. It's and producing for another medium is yeah. really how I see it. And yeah. that's, um, you know, this is the current medium like of choice yeah. and it's one that everybody seems to be using. So um, I'll continue producing in that regard. Yeah. Oh, so one more question. I don't sure. know if this is even public knowledge, but um, if people are listening 
and they have their own business and they're going, oh, you know, uh, I would love to use her. Uh, I guess they could contact you, sure. but are there accounts that they could follow that they they could see examples of what you do or is that something you keep totally confidential on my so website there knows. are a few that have offered their things but, but I don't otherwise know. it's confidential i just yeah. don't always want to say without their permission just right. so that right. you know but i there are some on my website that you can see what i did okay. or like and they're you know they've approved it yeah. um and then there are others who would give me you know, great glowing recommendations, I'm sure. (laughs) So, so if you're listening and that's something you're into, um, definitely go check it out. EmilyRaber.com. EmilyRaberMedia.com, although both work. EmilyRaberMedia.com. See, thank you. Although both work, both Both redirect. Yes. Because, you know, you bought a couple. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you buy a couple 10 years ago? (laughs) So the first one I bought 10 years ago was EmilyRaber.com, but it has evolved. (laughs) Yes. Good, good, good. Uh, well, thank you so much thank for, you, for being here really today. I really appreciate you really, having really me. Cool. I love Good your job, podcast. I'm thank so you. impressed with what you've done. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I'm glad. I feel like I got an education <laughs> and uh, at some point could be a client. So oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to 10,000 No's. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. So each week's episode is automatically downloaded to your computer or phone. And if you like what you heard, please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Thanks.